Hello and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details Podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I've got Darcy with me as usual. This is another mini episode that we are recording midweek because we felt as though it was very important to talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Darcy, do you want to go ahead and take point on this? Yeah, so last week we released kind of an emergency episode talking about the abduction of Camille McKinney in my hometown of Birmingham. She was a three-year-old girl who was abducted from a birthday party from her housing complex in Birmingham. And they there was a massive surge. It gained, I mean, national news, um, but it really hit me hard because it's obviously it's my hometown. Yesterday, there was a news update that they did find her remains. So they have found her remains. Unfortunately, we we were not able to bring her home safely. So that's very, very unfortunate about uh, just the whole thing is very unfortunate. Um, They, I said in the Uh, in the episode last week that she was abducted and that they had arrested a couple, a man and a woman the following day because their car matched the description that was provided in the Amber Alert, but they did not obviously find Camille at that time. And they have announced that they are charging that couple, Dante Stallworth and Arisha Brown with capital murder and kidnapping. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you initially read this case to me and you talked about those two, did you kind of get a feeling that they were the ones that are, were going to be con- were going to be charged in this case, or did you think it was kind of a red herring that was sort of taking our attention away from the true person, the true miscreants? I f- I felt they were involved. I felt that that was a pretty accurate press release that they were involved. I was really hopeful that they would find her. I I also felt that because they didn't find her when they arrested this couple the following day, um, I was, I was a little, I was nervous that there were maybe more people involved, but I was hopeful they were, they were still going to be able to find her. And there's not a whole lot of new information out there yet, but it does not sound like there were more people involved. It sounds like it was just this couple. And I was just going to ask you, do you feel like there are more people? Do you think this is a larger thing? I don't. At this point, I don't anymore. And the reason I say that is because the man, Dante Stallworth, he was arrested and released out on bond. He was out on $500,000 bond, and his charges at that time were possession and intent to distribute child pornography. There were images that were found on his phone. They were not of Camille. Um, So that is why he was released on bond. And that uh, Arisha Brown was being held, her bond was revoked because she was being held on charges that she had previously tried to abduct her three children from the, the Child Protective Services. So I think that because... I think that because they arrested them so quickly, unfortunately, I think that they had a very good lead at the at the beginning when they first released the Amber Alert information, and they've released the information about the vehicle, the Toyota SUV that that they saw. Um, 
I think that they probably killed her that same night. They're not releasing how long she was, um, she has, she was dead when they found her and they're not releasing the cause of death yet. That's still pending a coroner's report, but a little bit of information. The reason I say this is that there was a search on Friday or perhaps Wednesday. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I believe it was maybe, maybe it was Wednesday of some apartment complexes near where the man Dante Stallworth lived. And there was a massive search and there was a large crowd. They thought at first that they had actually found her alive at that time, but that was kind of Mm -hmm. a misleading report. Um, And they ended up bringing in dumpsters from this, from that general area. And they brought about 12 dumpsters from my understanding. They brought about 12 dumpsters intact. So they did not empty the dumpsters. They brought the dumpsters with all of their contents to a landfill where Birmingham police department, Jefferson County Sheriff and the FBI searched those dumpsters. And that is where they located her remains. So she was placed in a dumpster that was found near his apartment complex. Can you imagine how awful and number one for that poor little girl to end her existence in a trash can. And number two for the people that had to dig through that garbage and find her poor body. Well, and, and the thing is, I suspect that because the, the area she was taken from her family lives in public housing. And I suspect that these people took her thinking that because she was a black girl living in public housing, it wouldn't get as much attention as it did. And I think that they probably took her with the intent to abuse her, if not make child pornography with her. This is pure speculation on my part. I want to make that clear. But I think that they took her with that intent. And when it got so much attention right away, I think they killed her that night. And I think... So you don't think they intended to kill her initially? I think they probably did, but I don't think they they intended to kill her that night. But yeah, I mean, I think that because the, the statistics are that while most abductions are familial, meaning that a family member is more likely to be involved in cases of abduction, the ones where it is a stranger abduction, the odds are really, really, really high that the child will be killed. So I think that they did ultimately intend to kill her, but I'm hopeful that they... that. that that she died before they were able to abuse her. I know that's a kind of a hard thing to say and to hear, but this poor baby, she was three years old, and I hope that that they were not able to abuse her. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting, and I genuinely and sincerely hope that police and law enforcement and FBI, number one, are cracking down on these pedophiles and disgusting perpetrators of crime against young children, and second of all, that these guys are punished to the full extent of the law, and we throw the book at them, and they get life in prison and jailhouse justice, because to mess with these poor, innocent young children who cannot defend themselves is just disgusting. It, it really is. And if, if you recall, I said that there was going to be a search 
last Sunday, they had initially asked for volunteers and then they kind of scaled back the search. And I Mm -hmm. think that they scaled back the search because they knew at that time that they were looking for remains, that they were not looking to find her alive. Oh, geez. And so that is my, again, that is my pure speculation. But I think that they did that so that a civilian volunteer wouldn't Wouldn't find her remains. Yeah. That it was going to be somebody in law enforcement. And I think that they knew from a very early time that she was not alive anymore. And like I said, Arisha has, is still currently in jail. She was, her bond was revoked because of the previous charges. And Dante Stallworth was, um, Patrick Dante Stallworth. I'm not sure if he goes by Patrick or Dante, but he was arrested again last night. And, and to your point, they are charging them with capital murder because of a kidnapping as well. And Alabama is a death penalty state. We've had that conversation. Um, so there is every possibility that they could get a capital punishment sentence and, um, lock them away and throw away the key. I say, It's just, it's so hard. It's so hard to hear about. But I think, I do think that they they did probably know from a very early time point that she was not alive after that that night. I think that she, I think this information, you know, will probably come out in a coroner's report. But I think that that we will find out that she died that night. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that she was not abused. Um, So... We can delete this part if you want, but do you have any information that you can share with us about this little girl? I know you maybe did a little bit in the first episode, but the things she liked, let's talk about her. Let's remember her and not these disgusting yeah. sickos that did this to her. I Unfortunately, I wish, I wish I knew more. I knew her nickname was Cupcake. She was three years old. It seemed like she lived in a very tight-knit community in that housing complex. She, had, she has a brother, had a brother. Um, and, um, that's pretty much all I know. Um, she was, I hope more information comes out about this and it, it is particularly disturbing to me that so many people sort of cast aside and write off these children from low income situations, from low socioeconomic status as somehow less worthy of our time and attention and less worthy of the tears when something does happen to them. And this was a beautiful little girl who had a whole amazing life in front of her, regardless of what uh, socioeconomic status she came from. And I think we need to continue to drill that to home. I don't care if she came from low income housing. I don't care if she was mentally challenged. She deserved to be here just as much as anyone else. Where are you hearing she was mentally challenged? No, I'm just saying in cases where children disappear and somehow if the child is autistic or the child is mentally challenged or the child is lower income, that somehow they're less worthy than a blonde haired, blue eyed white girl from a middle class neighborhood. And obviously I agree with, with that. And the thing that is really striking is how much attention this this did get, which is something that we have talked about. I mean, uh, this is a a young black girl. They don't get this kind of attention. And like I said before, I think that this is probably, that that probably had a lot to do with why she was targeted. I think that these people went to this public housing complex 
And it, there are reports from other children at this birthday party that a man was handing out candy. So he was ingratiating himself to these children in this tight-knit community, in this low-income housing. And I think that that's why they went there. I think they went there to find a child. I don't know that this was planned necessarily to pick her up. But I do right. think that, that that is kind of the reason that, that she was chosen is because they didn't think that this would get enough attention because of how this typically plays out in the news. You don't normally hear about this. But the city of Birmingham really has come together. And that has been nice to see. I wish that we had a different outcome because it's so awful. Um and I just I wish that she that that we could have done more for her to bring her home safely. Um, but and the, the other thing that they're not releasing at this point is, if you recall, I also said that they had the police had released a surveillance video of what they believe was her abduction. So there are two children. They are playing kind oh, of on a sidewalk and. Um, one man walks by and he walks by and the children don't acknowledge him. He doesn't acknowledge the children. And then another man walks by and they, two children follow him and they believe that that was Cupcake and her brother, but they haven't identified that second man. They haven't said if that was this Patrick Stallworth character or if it was somebody else. But I do think when the official charges are come out, I've been looking, I haven't seen anything about official charges yet, but I do think that when they come out, we will see that that was actually Patrick Stallworth and um, that they maybe had identified him very early on as a suspect in this case. And, you know, why he was released, I don't know if there was, if they were hoping he would lead them to her remains or if they knew that, that she was no longer alive, but they didn't have enough to charge him because they could only hold him for 48 hours. You know, who knows why he was released out on bond. They clearly didn't have enough to charge him with murder at that time. I don't right. know if that was a strategic decision or not, but unfortunately, unfortunately, she's not, she's not coming home. And that's just a tragedy. And so let me ask you this. If you were Cupcake's parents, would you want to see that surveillance video or would that just be too devastating? Well, there's nothing, it's not like it's a grab, like a, a snatch and grab situation. Like it's just two children walking out of frame, kind of following a man. So it's not as if there's anything violent in it. Um, and I'm sure they already have seen it because it was surveillance video from their housing complex. Um, right. So it's, it's not, you know, and it's kind of from far away. You can't tell that it is her or her brother. It's not as if you could see their faces, but right. police did release it because they do believe that that actually was her and her brother and, and that that was a suspect. The person that, that they follow out of frame was a suspect, but you don't see them. You don't see this man grab her and put her in a car, which is what witnesses at the time said that they saw. Um, wow. So, right. you know, he was apparently giving out candy to children at this birthday party. And then he grabbed her and put her in his his car and drove off and then that's where we got the reports about the description of his vehicle and um they were arrested you know that following day so they were arrested fairly quickly um which is why i think that they probably did kill her that same night i just i'm hopeful because that they didn't find any images of her on his phone where he did have the the ch child pornography images i'm hopeful that they were not able to abuse her 
Um, so do you think they did this to other little girls or that this was the only one? I think, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, you mean like if he had taken other girls to abuse them or if he just had yep. images of other people? I don't know. Yep. Um, I don't know. There hasn't been. I tend to think that this probably wasn't his first rodeo. You're probably right. It probably wasn't. Um, and, and all we know is that, he, that Stallworth and Brown were in a relationship or are in a relationship or whatever. We don't know much about her, if she's involved in child pornography or anything like that. We just know that she had pr- previously tried to abduct her own children, which again, like I say, most, most abductions are familial. So that is typically more, more what you're more likely to see, but the ones right. that end up, you know, and, and the child dying, are stranger abductions, and that appears to be the case with Camille. There doesn't appear to be any kind of um, relationship with the parents at all. It doesn't appear that, that this couple knew the parents. Um, yeah. It appears that it's just completely random. Um, but... A crime of opportunity. They saw the chance and snatched her. Exactly. Um, and I just want to clarify, I think I said that they, they pulled in 12 dumpsters into the landfill. They actually pulled in 12 tons of garbage oh, into this landfill, which they searched. And that is where they found her. So again, like I say, I think that they knew from a really early time point that they were looking for a recovery of remains. Yeah. Unfortunately. It was so sad. I am yeah. so sorry for her family and, and we just send our thoughts and prayers out to them. Um, we will provide and continue to provide information on this as it comes forward, including any GoFundMe that may be set up to help with funeral expenses for this young girl. Absolutely. Uh, we'll do our best to, to follow up. Absolutely. So do you have anything else you want to add on that one? I don't. Um, we actually have another one that is currently ongoing, to the best of my knowledge, that we want to kind of talk about in a similar light to this case. So I found this article about this young girl on pressofatlanticcity.com. The title of the article that I did a lot of research on was Reward for Finding Dulce Increases to 52000 What You Need to Know About the Case. Dulce Maria Alves. Alves? Alves. A-L-A-Alves. I thought it was Alvarez for some reason. Okay. Dulce Maria Alves disappeared September 16th from a playground at Bridgeton City Park. The girl and her three-year-old brother were playing when their mother sat in her car with an eight-year-old relative. The police are asking anyone with information leading to finding this young girl or any information about the case whatsoever to call 1-800-CALL-FBI. Um, They're asking that the public remain vigilant in reporting any possible sightings of information that they believe may assist in locating Dulce. So here's some additional information. Dulce disappeared, obviously, on September 16th, as I mentioned earlier, while she was playing with her younger brother in a park. Her 19-year-old mother was sitting in her car with an 8-year-old relative when they saw the 3-year-old son crying and pointing to where he last saw Dulce. Police say the girl may have been taken by a man who led her away from the playground where she was playing with her brother. According to the police, they say this was this man took her into an older model red van. Police issued an Amber Alert, an Amber Alert the next day, and she's also been placed on the FBI's most wanted list of missing or kidnapped persons. 
Cumberland County Prosecutor Jennifer Webb McRae has said the investigation, which has included more than 300 law enforcement officers from various agencies, is operating under the presumption that Dulce is still alive. So again, that number is 856-451-0033. As of the end of September, there were no new updates on this case, but as far as we know today, this little girl is still missing. They have been searching extensively for her with helicopters, dogs, and investigators across states, including the New Jersey and Philadelphia Police Departments, as well as the FBI, are continuing to investigate and, draw and track down leads that the public is giving them. The Mexican consulate also reached out to Dulce's family, according to the Daily Journey Journal. However, the consulate is not part of the ongoing investigation. And the family also wants to make it clear that despite accusations by some people that they had nothing to do with this little girl's disappearance, I know there have been several cases recently in the media where some children had died and the parents were actually involved somehow in the death or abuse of the child. But the parents mm -hmm. are making it clear that they had nothing to do with this and they just want their little girl home safely. Prosecutor's office is also asking people to report any suspicious activity that they see in or around this area for this little girl. So I did look it up. Bridgeton is in New Jersey, okay. but Philadelphia might have been like the closest major news like right. network. So that may be why she was talking to Philly um, News. So police are also saying that she may have been taken by a light-skinned, possibly Hispanic male between 5 feet 6 inches and 5 feet 8 inches tall. He is described as having a thin build, no facial hair, acne, and wearing orange sneakers, red pants, and a black shirt. Police said the man led Dulce from the playground Dulce, sorry, from a playground in City Park to a red van with a sliding door and tinted windows. They believe this occurred around 4.20 p.m. in September, way back in September, which is, you know, it seems like ages ago probably to the family. Yeah. But she was playing with her little brother when she disappeared. So be on the lookout for a van of that description and a person of that description and... Or, Possibly even a van that's been painted recently could also be helpful. And they do not have a license plate or anything like they that, don't. right? Okay. According to police, this little girl was wearing a yellow shirt with an elephant on it, black and white pants, and white shoes. Again, that number for the Bridgeton Police Department is 856 451 We will put that into the show notes. Let's help bring Dulce back. And I believe the first number you said you could also just call the FBI, 1-800-CALL-FBI. Two. A very, very sad case. And, you know, it's not that any kidnapping cases are happy, and but they haven't found a body yet for this little girl, and it just appears that this is fading by the day as people look at other news and forget about this little girl, but she is still out there somewhere and she needs to come home. Yeah. Um, I was looking for, to see if there was any like 
information, um, just like resource information from like uh, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And I know that there's probably a, a certain degree of blame that people are casting on this mother who had a child in another vehicle and was had let the two children play together in the park. But we just I don't think that's helpful for the situation here. Obviously, you know, if, if you're in a similar no. situation yourself, you want to always make sure that you're keeping an eye on your children and that someone is watching them because of cases like this. But it's just not helpful or useful to play a blame game when a little girl is missing and has not come home yet. And just I just looked this up. So this is just kind of educational information from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Their website is missingkids.org. Um, they collect information concerning attempted abductions of children by individuals unknown to the child. Based on over 10 years of data, Nick Mick identified that attempted abductions occur more often when a child is going to or from school or school-related activities. And it sounds like Dulce was, it was just right after school. Right. I think she was last seen at about 4.20 p.m. Um, school-aged children are at greatest risk on school days before and after school. So this is going to be between 7 and 9 a.m. and 3 to 4 p.m. And also after dinner time at 6 to 7 p.m. Attempted abductions most often occur on the street while children are playing, walking, or riding bikes. This is what happened in the Camille McKinney case. She was on the sidewalk playing with her brother. Um, younger children are more likely to be playing or walk to our younger children are more likely to be playing or walking with a parent or an adult, whereas school age children are more likely to be walking alone or with peers. Attempted abductions of older children are more likely to involve a sexual component. They also have some information on how children have evaded abduction in a variety of ways. So these ways include ignoring or refusing the abductor, using a cell phone to threaten or intervene, fighting back, screaming and or making noise, having another adult or child intervene, or having the abductor leave the area or voluntarily release the child. So these are all ways that children have previously avoided abduction. So you know, make sure you're talking to your children about these types of things. Um, in 2018, Nick Mick recorded 1,600 plus attempted stranger abductions. In an analysis of attempted abductions, the most common lures used in attempts were offering the child a ride, offering the child candy or sweets, which we talked about in the Camille McKinney case, asking the child questions offering the child money or using an animal to interest the child. And we've said it here before. It's the best piece of information I've ever heard, which was said by Karen on my favorite murder is that there is no reason an adult will ask a child for help. There's no reason for that. If that is a warning sign, tell your kids that an adult should never ask you for help. You are not an authority as a child. Adults should right. go to another adult if they need help. with Agreed. Something. We're going to go ahead, I think, and wrap the episode up for today on that note, unless you have anything else you want to add. No, I don't. So please send us an email. We are at the BFD podcast at gmail.com. Send us if you have questions, comments, or suggestions. We are more than happy to address those. Or if you have some additional information that we have left out of a particular case, feel free to send us an email. Our social media is Darcy. We are at the BFD podcast on Twitter and Instagram and make sure to follow us because we are posting news updates for these cases that we're talking about. Please join us again 
in the next episode when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild stuff, as well as ongoing cases that are currently in the news media and some that are not quite as popular. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye. Bye, guys.